You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now, we've all been there before, trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the Razor Safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. Brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Missing Finger podcast. I am, uh, dude, I am feeling it right now. Like, I mean, I'm starting to get fired up for the fall. I am in plan mode. I, I mean, I've, I've said this the last couple episodes where, you know, I'm writing stuff down on calendars. I'm, I'm preparing. I'm looking over my gear. Um, the next big thing that I'm going to be doing, and I'm going to say within the next two weeks, I'm going to start digging through all of my trail cameras. Um, before I even set them out every year, I run them through a process where I set them all up in my office while I'm working, uh, pointing at me, and that way I know if they work or not right and then if i have any problems with them i try to fix it format new cards whatever i need to do put new batteries in obviously but uh and then it's time to get them out let them start soaking all through the month of june and uh, then probably check them around the first of july that'll give me a good indication of um what deer are in the area as far as you know the big dogs that are going to have characteristics that i'll be able to identify and say okay oh this buck's back or this buck's back or this buck's back um but other than that man like a lot of the trail camera data that I get, especially on what I'll call bean ears, on corn ears, um, it's kind of evenly distributed. It's like it's it's real slow into um, prime time. It just gradually steps up every week. But when my main farm is on beans, what happens is there's nothing. There's, I mean, there's there's some young deer, nothing crazy. The the deer uh, population is just normal on the farm, but then somewhere around that July time frame, that mid July, early August time frame, when the beans become edible, ooh, my farms just explode with deer. And I don't know, man. Uh, this year is a bean year. Yes, I believe up top it's going to be beans which should be a good as far as summer is concerned you know we always talk about that shift in september but as far as trail camera pictures the summer on this crop rotation i should be getting a ton of uh trail camera pics of some good deer as far as summer velvet's concerned now what i what i've been able to identify from that point on is all right if i have a returning customer He'll show up in this time in October or this time in November or, or, you know, he won't survive, quote unquote, the shift and he'll disappear and he'll only come back during the summer months, you know, for the next year. This is where he he summers or whatever. So uh, it's just a real good indication. Also, one thing I really like about trail cameras is the um, being able to see the fawn recruitment, right? 
how many fawns does each doe have? Are we running sets of twins? Are we running singles? Uh, did this doe even have a baby? Uh, sometimes it's easy to tell, especially when they're in the picture, and sometimes the, the fawns will sit tight while the mom visits the mineral station, and, you know, it's hard to tell at that point. But today we got Mr. Bobby Polanik, the Michigan Sasquatch. I can't even say that without laughing. Uh, Bob Polanik is back on the show. And we, we talk about a whole bunch of different things, but the main focus of this podcast is physical preparation for Western hunts. And this is something that in the past year, like one year ago from this moment, from June or late July, I was a fat piece of shit. <laughs> Boiling it all down, I was, I was out of shape. I was not eating healthy. I was not exercising like I probably should have. But um, for Father's Day in 2020, my wife got me a, a membership to this gym and I'm down 30 pounds. I am probably in the best shape of my life as a 40-year-old, believe it or not. Like I'm in better shape. If I had my 20-year-old knees, oh boy. I'd be, I'd be marching all over the place, but I got my 40 year old knees. Um, but I feel as far as my conditioning is concerned, my strength is concerned, man, I'm feeling on top of my game right now. And a lot of it has to do with just eating healthy and exercising on a regular basis, uh, pretty high intensity stuff. So, uh, we talk about that in, in this episode. And, um, if you are planning a Western hunt, and I'll, I'll bring this up now, but if you're planning a, a Western hunt and you don't think that physical preparation, I don't care if it's hunting out of your truck in a lower elevation state, that's only, you're only going to be three to 5,000 feet in elevation. Just the fact that you're going to be moving around a lot and climbing up and down hills or whatever, right? You know, maybe you're going to ride a horse and use a rifle. But the way that I hunt, if I didn't prepare for some of these hunts, man, I would be stuck. Uh, and I, I use 2014 as an example of that. So, you know, listen carefully to that. But uh, physical preparation is equally, if not more important, depending on the hunt you're going to go on, than the gear uh, that you you have to prep for or shooting your bow. It just becomes one big uh, one big, uh, important checklist of things that you have to do before, you know, you take off for these hunts, because a lot of these hunts cost a lot of money. And if you, you're going to go there and not be physically prepared, then you're just wasting money in my opinion. So, uh, we're going to talk about all that today. Uh, we're going to do a commercial real quick. Ozonix, uh, visit ozonixhunting.com. These guys have some, uh, new products coming out. One of them is called the micro three car unit. And it's something that you can run in your car. The, uh, you know, one thing that I always like, you know, like to do is before this, I would take my ozone unit, especially if it's been a couple days and maybe you got some, some uh, fast food wrappers on the bottom of your, you know, bottom of your car. I say that, I say this as I just started talking about physical fitness, but you know, you have some fast food wrappers or some food wrappers in your car. It stinks in there after, you know, a whole bunch. I used to run a cycle. Now I can just plug this thing into my cigarette lighter and uh, away you go with uh, getting some ozone in your car. Um, on top of that, you know, they have uh, three different varieties, the HR230, the HR300, and the new Orion, the newest Orion. And it looks to me like there's been some kind of price drop on their Orion, the brand new version. Uh, so take advantage of that. It looks like they're, it's down 100 bucks right now. I'm on their website. So uh, ozonixhunting.com. And if you purchase an Ozonix while you're visiting the website, Enter the discount code NFC21, and whatever unit you decide to buy, you're going to get a free dry wash bag with the purchase of that unit. So, uh, and I'll tell you what, the in the field, the in the uh, field functionality is equal to the outside of the field, you know, back in the garage, back at the house, running a dry wash cycle in one of those uh, dry wash bags is, uh, it, it, to me, it's been kind of a game changer as far as using ozone. 
So go to ozonicshunting.com, take a look at all the products, uh, do your own research, uh, try to borrow one from a buddy if you can. Uh, if not, just go buy one. So uh, ozonicshunting.com. Next, Lone Wolf. Uh, Lone Wolf is, like I say this all the time, but it's like an, another appendage, right? For me, it's easy. I've been using it so long. Pack it in your back, get to where you're going, set it up, you know, and, and set up. Like for me, it's all about stability. Um, I can get in a crooked tree. I can get in a tree with a bunch of branches and I can, and the way that the sticks and the stand is designed, I can get in there and really tie it down tight and be level at the same time. Not a lot of other uh, hang on tree stands can say that, you know, can, can you balance out once you're in this crooked tree or once you found the right tree or do you have to find a tree that fits your tree stand, not the other way around. Find a tree stand that fits your tree. So uh, that's why I use Lone Wolf Portable Tree Stands. Check out lonewolfhuntingproducts.com. And if you do decide to purchase something online, just know that you can enter the discount code 9FC21, 9FC21, and you can save $50 off of all purchases over $200. So depending on what you buy, you can get somewhere between 25 to 18% off. Uh, if you buy a, like a climber or a set of sticks or one of their hang-on stands, I'm a huge fan of the Assault. So Lone Wolf Hunting products.com all right we have done the intro now it's time to get into the episode thanks for hanging in there on this longer episode or on this longer intro but uh let's see what bob palanik has to say two one on the phone with me the michigan sasquatch (laughs) the uh, i don't did you did you have a nickname growing up like your buddies called you something uh, stupid? No. Bo- Bobby. Bobby, that's it? That's about, yeah, that's about the most nickname I had. All right. Yep. Bob from the Mitten. Mr. Bob. much anything. Right. Bob Polanik, how the hell are you, man? I'm doing pretty good. It's, uh, whatever, it's what, mid-May? It's good, man. Yeah. It's one of my favorite months of the year. From a fishing standpoint, right? Uh, from a, from a birth standpoint, it's my, my birthday's in May. My wife's birthday's in May. Uh, my good, uh, elk hunting buddy, Chris, his birthday is today, May 13th, the day that we're recording this. Sorry to, I don't know when you're trying to release this, but Hey, this is when we're recording. And then my anniversary is, uh, also in May. So So. it's a busy year for you or a busy month for you. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yep. As far as uh, important dates and birth, how old are you going to be this year? Uh, I turned I turned thirty four on May third. May third. Okay. And how many years have you been married? Uh, six. Okay. I think. Six. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so my wife's my wife's birthday is May twenty second, and our anniversary is May twenty third. So she made it easy on me. Hey. Just two days, like just two days back to back, and then you knock out two two big important like events in two days back to back, and then you just you can go back to forgetting shit. Yeah, just coast. Yeah, just coast for a whole another year. Yeah. Yep. All right, so I want to uh, ease in to this podcast with this question, and that is, when are you going to find out if you draw Montana elk or not? Uh, I already did. Oh, did you draw? So I sure did. You did. Results came out. I think, yeah, I think for everybody results came out on April 15th. Okay. April 20th. Something like that. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I did. I did draw. Yep. All right. So did you, did you get to Idaho in time before it, they sold out? Yeah, but I, uh, I, bought a tag for a unit that I've never been to, which, and it's also turns out it's like on the West side of Idaho. And so, and I'm driving out there. So instead of it being like, you know, I used to hunt like the, uh, Eastern part of Idaho. Yeah. So it's only like, you know, a 24 hour drive. Now it's like a 30 hour drive. Ugh. So yeah. 
Yeah, that's fun. But no, it's uh, I got a buddy that lives out on the west side. He lives in Boise, and uh, we're gonna be hunting a couple hours north of Boise. And um, he's already kind of given me some waypoints to work off of. And then, uh, yeah, I'll probably hunt with him and uh, my buddy from Michigan that bought a tag as well. And then uh, I'll, I'll hunt there for a week, and then I'll probably bounce over to Montana and hunt with my buddy Chris uh for a week and head home so this is going to be like so a, how, when do you a two-week back-to-back uh hunt where you're going to hunt like you're, you're going out as the furthest west first you're going to hunt idaho then you're going to get in your car drive to montana hunt montana how many total days are you giving those two hunts oh probably seven or eight days a piece Okay, 14. So, so I'm going out there. I think I'm 14 days. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, something like that. All right. And what were you going to say before I cut you off? Oh, I think I'm going to head out on like a a Thursday and then like hunt for two and a half weeks. Or like be out there for two and a half weeks and come back. So something yeah. like that. It's like a, yeah. It's a, thurs- a Thursday to a uh, a Sunday, okay, two and a half weeks in between. And what dates are those? Are you going to try to catch like the pre oh. and the and the full rut? Yeah, I want to say like drive head out there on the ninth and and be back home on the twenty sixth. Those that's I don't know if those are the exact dates, but something like that. Gotcha. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I find out if I draw Wyoming in like a week or two, right? So it's this month. I'll, I'll find out when Wyoming, the Wyoming draw comes in. And if I do draw, I will be, I don't know if I'm going to be driving on the eighth or hunting on the eighth, but I'm, I think I'm leaving on the eighth and then I'm going to hunt one, two or one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 days and then drive back on the 19th. So my trip is right now scheduled from the 8th to the 19th. I got you. Yeah. I got you. I might be able to add a couple more days to that, depending on what uh, the fall looks like. uh, And if I'm able to um, like plan far enough in advance. So right now work, I got all these podcasts coming in and then I typically work on them a day or two before they actually launch. And then I launch them and I just go to the next day and the next day. So every time that every day that I'm gone, I have to do double work. So if I, if I, so that's 12. So I have to do 24 days worth of work in advance in order for me to go on this 12 day hunt and not like, and, and still catch up to work. So then when I get back on the 19th, then I can, on the 20th, I can get back in it without having skipped any of those, uh, you know, any of those days of work. So it's, uh, it's one of those things where I kind of, there's certain things I love about my job, but there's no PTO when you own your own business. It's like, if you want to continue to put out content, I got, I have to prep for all that in advance or find a way to do it while I'm on these trips. And that's damn near impossible, especially when there's no Wi-Fi at, you know, up in the, in the mountains. Right. Right. Well, um, well, hearing your dates and knowing myself and how much I would rather just call elk rather than work, (laughs) I may try to finagle. I'm not gonna make any promises. That's all right. I may try to finagle, an extra day or two off and maybe come out there and call for you for a day or two around like the 10th or 11th or something like that. Yeah. And then, so what happens is I get out there, call a bowl in, shoot it. We pack it out, record a podcast and boom, that's like a bonus podcast. That's like, that is PTO right there. Yeah. So I, I'm actually you know coming home so, with work. Like I'm coming, yeah, home, coming home with yeah. a finished product. Yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Yep. Easy. I'm done. I'm Easy. down and to then that. You get to hunt. Get to hunt an extra day in November for Iowa whitetails or something. Who knows? Yeah. Man, I tell you what, I'm I'm excited, and I have been doing a lot of prep. 
um, in, in multiple, and we're going to get into that here in a second. But if I don't draw that tag in uh, for Wyoming, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, Idaho's not over the counter anymore, so you can't go do that. Uh, no. Ch- or Chicago, what the hell am I thinking? Uh, Colorado is, so there's a chance I might do, uh, if I don't draw Wyoming, I might do a Colorado hunt. Uh, or I might go to Colorado and just hang with a buddy who drew a pretty good unit while he was out there. So I might go hang, you know, hang with him for like seven days or, you know, drive out there just to do it, you know, just to call and go do the whole thing, you know, do the, do the elk camp out and all that stuff. So, uh, we'll see. Um, or I'll just get a general tag and bounce around somewhere in, uh, Colorado for, however many days that I had this schedule, because for me, it's already on the calendar. My wife already is planning on me being gone. So as far as the, the expenses are concerned, I've already paid for my Wyoming elk tag. It's all paid for. I just have to draw. If I, if I draw, then, you know, that I I get to hunt, no, no extra money's taken. But if I don't draw that money's coming back to me and then I can just redistribute it to the state of Colorado and do an over-the-counter hunt there at some point. Absolutely. So, yeah, man, I would say, I'd say as long as you've got clearance from the boss, um, yeah, dude, just if you don't get your Wyoming tag, still, still at a minimum go. I mean, yeah. Even if you don't have a tag, you learn so much. I think I've, I think I've gone on, three week-long elk hunts with no tag and you learn more i think you almost learn more then than you do when you're the when you're the hunter because you know when you don't have a tag you're stuck calling and yeah. when you're talking to elk every say every other day yeah like it just i don't know you, you just learn a lot faster yeah so let's see and then uh south dakota mule deer in i'm me and the other guy we're gonna go again but we're going to go later uh trying to get as close to the rut as possible without me burning so many bridges at home i would love to go to south dakota and hunt the last week of october but that puts me in a predicament because then i'm going right into whitetail season uh, here in iowa yeah. and i can't burn i can't burn that bridge dude like not yet anyway uh, especially with uh, i'm gonna have more kids in school next year my youngest he'll be in preschool uh four days a week out of five but still you know even those four hours at night before the kids go to bed and doing it as a single parent is tough as shit so i don't or here's what i could do i go the last week of october right before their gun season or kicks off or whatever uh their deal is and then take a week off and don't hunt the first five days of november and then push it back on the back end of it if that makes sense yeah so yeah are you going to nebraska again this year uh yes sir yep uh i'm not exactly sure when i got a buddy that's thinking about going with me um not my my not one of my my buddy that i typically hunt out there with is my buddy mike um I hunted Iowa with him last year, and we usually do a hunt together. But I think this year we're not going to, mainly because he's got a kid due on October 3rd, which is his first kid. So I think his hunting season's uh, just going to be local. He's not going to do anything out of state. I'm not 100% sure on that. But um, no, I got a different buddy that wants to go, and uh, we're kind of thinking late October, uh, which is the the only time that kind of works for him. Um, And then my wife put in for her iowa tag and she applied with um a couple of my buddies that each had a couple points so we're we're fairly certain they're all going to draw um and i'm just going to help her you know do the running gun and yeah i'll probably actually do some filming and photography and stuff like that with her but i won't have an iowa tag uh so yeah that's kind of what that that whole time frame looks like so i don't i don't see myself getting to nebraska a lot during the rut but uh i am kind of thinking about getting there maybe in uh september because their season opens september 1st so i might try to do like an early season hunt there yeah that would be that'd be cool to catch something in velvet if you know 
I mean, yeah. September's kind of late for that. You know, I, I've most of the time, the first, uh, maybe halfway into the second week of September is when all the velvet starts to come off, if not earlier. Right. So, um, yeah, dude, there's, there's typically not a lot of mature bucks around. There's like, there's usually no mature bucks there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, around the beginning of September. Uh, it's just very high stem count and I just don't think they really like to be there. Uh, usually I kind of see them move in honestly towards the end of October, but, uh, I'm going to, I'll probably cruise out there this summer and put a bunch of cell cams out. And if it makes sense, I'll, uh, I'll stop by there on my way home from, from, uh, elk hunting. Gotcha. But who knows? Yep. 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 All right. So we've done our standard bullshit up front, uh, bullshit <laughs> BS session yep. up front. And I want to talk, uh, I want to talk about this, uh, these Western hunts from a physical fitness, I don't know what else, healthy lifestyle. I don't even, I don't know how you really want to, what I'm worded or look at it, but, um, and, and we've talked about this in the past, but I have a year under my belt now of some intense training. Like uh, I've, what I did, it was last June, my wife for, for Father's Day bought me a one session at this, it's called uh, uh, Next Level Extreme Fitness, okay? And it is a pro- program that encompasses boxing, it, is, it, it encompasses um, uh, like weights, cardio, uh, weightlifting at a fast pace, squats, lunges, uh, chest press, put push-ups, jump squats, burpees, like all this crazy, uh, intense, uh, you know, stuff like workout. Uh, my brain isn't working. I'm, I got this like head cold right now that I'm fighting, but, uh, but I've been doing that for almost a year now. And it is, I've dropped roughly 30 pounds in the past year. Uh, actually, I, I dropped 25 of those pounds in the first eight weeks of the program. And then I ended up having yeah. like a wrist a wrist problem and an elbow problem. So I the next two sessions, I still did the workouts, but I, uh, I had to take it easy because I couldn't, like my knees are, are dog shit and my elbow and my wrist. So I had to let those heal. And then this was the first session that I, this, this, this last eight weeks was the first session that I was able to get back down, uh, in and go hard into the actual, uh, the program. And now I'm down to 210 pounds, roughly. I was 211, uh, when I weighed myself on Wednesday and that's the lowest that I've been, dude like since college right like i after college was 220 and up now there was a period of time there i got yeah i got down to like 186 but that was that was not from a healthy lifestyle that was because i was working all the time and i would i was so tired at night that i couldn't eat but this fitness program has like changed my my thought process it, it's changed how I think it's changed like everything about me, not just the physical standpoint, but like a mental health uh, side of things as well. And it's crazy. But when I'm doing these, these intense workouts, I'm actually thinking about elk, the mountains and the, uh, all this, all these things that go along with my other, my, my passion, which is bow hunting and doing these adventure style hunts. And I know that because I've been doing this now, my time in, in the woods or my time in the mountains is going to be easier. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this before I ask you a question here, but so I, I did these, uh, this fitness program all the way through the summer last year. You know, I started in June, so I had June, July, August, September, under my belt and then October hit I went on my first South Dakota hunt now I'm not going to compare South Dakota to Colorado just because the elevation but I was walking a long ways with you know I hiked in three miles with a um, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess a 70 pound pack okay I because I I don't 
I'm not an ounce counter, uh, all that kind of stuff. And I, I did it and I felt great. And I spent the whole time that I was out running around South Dakota, both times, uh, in October and December, I was feeling awesome. Like I, I never questioned myself to the point where I needed to go. My man, I'm so tired. I don't want to go to that next ridge. I don't want to go to that next drainage. My mind was saying, go to that next drainage. And then my body would follow. So it's, it, there was no questioning yourself. So that's like where that mental change came in. So my question to you is, what is your workout regimen like knowing what you know about high altitude situations like, you know, climbing over deadfall all day long, or you're up at 10,000 feet all day long and, and climbing up big terrain all day long? Well, <clears throat> First of all, congrats on losing that much weight and making a big lifestyle change. That's not easy to do. And I can only imagine that it's even harder to do with three kids. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Yeah. Uh, So, and then to answer your question, I've been steadily working out in some capacity probably for 10 years. And I like to... I like to drink beer and eat cookies and pizza and shit like that. And, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, but when I get serious about things, which is usually for, you know, either for elk hunting or when I'm going to go on a wintertime vacation with my wife and don't want to look like a complete slob next to her. Um, I get serious during those two times of the year. Um, for elk, it, uh, I think I've been, I think I've had to like prep for elk like six different seasons. Um, and it typically around late July, early August is when I kind of start not worrying so much about lifting weights. Um, it's more so everything's cardio and a lot of it is strapping a backpack on and, uh, putting the, putting the treadmill on an incline or getting on like a stairmaster machine at the gym, and um, I won't. It's not like I'll. It's not like it's mid July and I'm gonna throw sixty pounds into my backpack and I'm gonna jump on a stairmaster for ten minutes. Like that, you just you you won't be able to. I don't think you'd be able to do anything for a full week. So I usually start around like maybe twenty pounds yeah. in my backpack. Yeah. Um, and then just like I see how I feel. Just be patient and see, like, how do your hips feel? How do your knees feel? Like, what, like, what are your ailments that you need to work on? And then once you kind of get, once you can kind of, you know, I, I usually, my my benchmark is always like a hundred flights of stairs with whatever poundage. And once I can do that, and the next day I'm not sore, I know then it's time to up the weight. Yeah. And uh, like I'll jump up to like 35 or 40, um, and then. Yeah, usually I'm trying to max out. I'm usually trying to peak right around the beginning of September with like 60 pounds in my backpack and a hundred flights, um, hundred flights, hundred flights of stairs and not really be sore the next day. I don't try to achieve that in the beginning of August to, because to, to maintain that level of fitness from August to mid September before I go elk hunting is a lot of work and I don't really feel like doing that much work. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's one thing that I've really noticed is, so I can fluctuate eight pounds in 24 hours just by working out. It it is crazy how how much water, uh, the body holds or when I go off my, my diet and I get into the, you know, I start eating more salt and chips and, and, and candy and crap then, uh, then I, I notice my weight goes up, but at the same time, I feel a little slower. I'm hungry all the time, but I'm faster, uh, when I'm, when I'm eating my chicken breasts and vegetables and, and, and eating a lower calorie count, I guess you would say, call it eating clean, right. As opposed to the chips and cookies yeah. and, and, and booze. Yeah. And my two biggest yep. weaknesses are salt, like potato chips, cookies, and booze. Like I'm a sweets guy. Like I like to eat sweets. Mm -hmm. 
and booze. Like I like to drink beer. I like to drink bourbon. Uh, and those are this, this, uh, last eight weeks. I'm not going to say I was perfect because sometimes on the weekends I'll, you know, I'll, I'll drink six beers or I'll over the course of, you know, a, a day or, uh, uh, two days or whatever, I'll drink a six pack. I'll eat some cookies, have some ice cream, whatever. But during the week, this session, uh, this this last eight weeks, I went and um, man, I, I I was really good uh, the last four weeks for sure on my diet. And I think that diet has way more impact than people think it, it does. Right. I mean, it's the fuel for your body. And I I am not a nutritionist. I'm not a guy who you should be taking any type of fitness advice from. But I'm just telling you how it works for me. When I eat clean, I perform at a higher level in my workouts. If I am if I'm eating salt and sugar and let's say the night before I had two beers or a, a glass of bourbon, I am not as my body is not as efficient as the uh as you know, if I, if I was eating clean, so though that's what I've been trying to do, uh, and, and then give myself like I'm not trying to starve myself from all this this fun stuff like ice cream and chips and stuff. I'll give that to my myself sometimes for like mental mental victories, basically just just so I have something to do. I I typically do it on a Friday where I'm not, or a Saturday where I'm not working out the next day, but. I give myself some leniency in that in that aspect, but um, uh, I feel like diet plays almost like getting to the getting the the workout done is a, is a, is something big, but I think diet is right up there, right up there when it comes to how you're you're fueling your body for whatever activity you're trying to do. I uh, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Um, uh, extremely similar to to what you just said. I I try to eat pretty healthy during the week. Uh, I don't get you know it's we're we're coming on summer, and uh, I'm on like a once once we get into June I'm on a, a summer volleyball league on the beach and it's on Wednesday nights and I've got no problem drinking a handful of beers and then going out and grabbing dinner with. Uh, our team afterwards and i don't really care about whatever the calorie intake or anything like that but it's like you gotta let it ebb and flow and depending on what you're trying to achieve yeah if you're trying to achieve if you're trying to lose weight um yeah eating clean is definitely like yeah it's definitely at least got to be worth at least 50 percent of of losing weight along with exercise yeah being the other 50 percent um but yeah i think like, dude, you and myself, I mean, I'm, I'm 220. Uh, when it comes to elk season, I'm usually down around 210. Um, but yeah, it's like, I'm not gonna, I can't just eat clean for yeah probably really even like seven or eight days straight. Yeah. Uh, I, I need to have those. I, I don't really call them cheat days. It just, then I don't care days. Yeah. So, yep. um, and yeah, it helps you go on further, but you, you make a good point. Like, if you're gonna work, if you're gonna have a day off from the gym, maybe that's your day to the day before that to not really eat clean because I'm right there with you. If I if I have a couple beers and I don't know fast food or whatever, it's really easy to give up the next day at the gym. Oh yeah, just like the mental fatigue is real and stuff like that. Yeah. So, and know. with me, like if I just had a gym membership, right, and it was just like. It's on me to go to the gym, burn the calories, get the heart rate up, you know, do the weights and all that stuff. I don't think that I would like my mind. I don't think I would have got into that, that, uh, I don't, I don't think I would have had the results. I'm a little bit motivated by money when it comes to certain things. So now I'm paying 90 bucks a month to be in this, uh, you know, this fitness program and I'm a cheap bastard. So, so knowing that I'm paying 50 bucks is one of the reasons why I go every single day to the gym. I'm paying for it, right? I, I'm not going to pay for something 
and then <laughs> not go and use use it, right? So I'm taking I'm taking that. I'm taking advantage of that. I'm going every single day. Uh, sometimes uh, we go on Saturdays. Me and my wife go on Saturdays. So we're, we have six days um, at that gym. And uh, so paying for it, paying, I'm basically paying for somebody else to push me and, you know, go to a gym and hold, my, hold me accountable for what it is that I'm doing. The goals are up to me. The motivation is still up to me, but I like the time. I like the schedule and the fact that I'm paying for it is just another motivator, right? So every day at nine o'clock in the morning, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm, uh, that's my time every time. And it's one hour out of the day that I don't have to worry about kids. I don't have to worry about work. I don't have to worry about anything except focusing on one thing. And that's just like these brutal ass workouts where I'm burning, man, I'm like, here, I want to tell a quick story. So the first couple times I went uh, elk hunting, I really didn't know shit, right? I didn't really know how to prepare. The first first time I went elk hunting was just bench press, squat, you know, curls. Uh, then I'd get on the Stairmaster for a little bit. It didn't do shit, and I was mentally defeated within the first day, right? Just the worst. The second... I got a little bit better. I did a lot of hiking with weighted packs. And I feel that's still a big part of it, right? A guy, like for me, I still struggled though. With that said, one the third year that uh, I went out, the buddy of mine, he was wearing one of those watches that would show your heart rate and calorie burn and steps and elevation and all that stuff. And in a 45-minute hike in, uh, I think we gained we gained about uh, from ten thousand to about I want to say we only gained like five hundred feet from where we drop into the creek to where from the camp to where we end up maybe five or six hundred feet and we he was burning on that somewhere around eight hundred calories in that forty five minute walk so that tells me right there the like going to the gym and just slowly lifting weights is not getting your heart rate up enough to simulate that kind of experience. So I know that I need to, I like for me, I wanted to find something that would simulate that same kind of calorie burn. So these workouts that I'm, I'm currently doing and does a guy, do I feel like a guy needs to do that? Probably not, but it's, it's not going to hurt me. I know it's going to actually help me be better in that scenario. I mean, I'm burning anywhere from seven to 900 calories in one hour. And I feel that does a really good job of simulating that heart rate. I'm getting my heart rate up to um, high 170s. I think I, I haven't broke 180 yet, but I'm, I was 179 the other day as far as a heart rate is concerned. So that right there is simulating that, that, uh, I don't know, that, that, uh, body movement, that all that stuff getting up into those spots now. So I, I guess that's one thing that I really like. And that's one thing that I like to look at. I, I started, I bought a Fitbit or I got a, we bought a Fitbit for my, my father-in-law. He decided he didn't want to wear it. So he gave it back to me. And so now I wear it and it's a, it's a good indicator of the amount of calories you burn throughout a day. And I can set it for a workout and, uh, I can, I can watch the calorie burn that I do in one of these workouts. And I don't know, I just feel like I'm in a much better place physically than I would be if I, if the training was just up to me and I had to go do all just, just weighted pack hikes or, you know, like at home. Okay, it's time for dad to work out, but then I have kids all over me or something like that. So uh, I don't know. How much time a week would you say that you dedicate to like working out or preparing physically for the for the hunt, the upcoming hunts? Uh, probably about four days a week and about an hour and a half a day. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't have kids though. Yeah. So 
I've got a gym. I mean, I work 40 hours a week, maybe 45. You know, my gym is like a half mile from my work, so I just cruise over there right after work. Um, a lot of the things that you're saying kind of resonate well with me. Um, just like getting your body in that mode of like rapid heart rate, heavy breathing. Uh, like you said, it does not do even if even if you're doing squats or something like that that is like more of a leg a lower body workout if you're you do a you do a you do 10 reps on the squat rack and then you chill for two three minutes and your heart rate comes back down your breathing's normal and then you do another set like that's great yeah you're building strength and stuff like that but i think i think it you do better if you go a little bit lighter on the weight and you get your reps up a little bit more and then you only let yourself rest for like 45 seconds in between. Yeah. Um, you really can't, you can't lift the same amount of weight at all. Um, but you're just building so much more endurance and whether it's, whether you're doing that with, you know, dumbbells and a bench press or you're doing it with squats or whatever, like you're still building strength, but you're really getting your endurance figured out. Um, and I'm not, I don't, I have no sports athletic background or anything like that. It's just, I don't know. It's kind of common sense. Yeah. Um, I will say, you know, as, as the summer wears on, uh, there's really no need for you to have, you like, you don't need to be able to bench 225. Like no. that doesn't do you any good on a mountain. That's just in a bunch of extra weight that you're carrying around. Yeah. Uh, your biceps don't need to be bigger than your, than your calves. I can tell you that much. Yeah. So that, that also serves no purpose on a mountain. Yeah. So absolutely. Uh, and that's one thing that I like about yeah. this because it, this program it is, it's not because, uh, it's not, it's not really focused on like, Hey, let, let's look good. It's focused on function, like functional movement, body, like just overall health. Like I'm not trying to be, I'm married, right? I don't, uh, I am married with three kids. I'm not looking to be Mr. Olympia anymore, right? I just want to be healthy. And honestly, I just want to perform well. I mean, I'll just put it this way, man. I've been collecting preference points in this spot for six or seven years. So there's a lot of money that's been uh, invested in this hunt. And there's a lot of money that I'm going to spend in gear and travel and food. And, you know, like we're talking, you know, hundreds of additional dollars on on this hunt. And I don't want to get there and have an experience like I did in my first hunt where I was just glued to I felt like I was glued to my tent. Because I, I, my body, my my mind, my body said nope, and my mind was like, okay, well, if you're not interested, then I'm not interested, and then you're just struggling, like physically, you're defeated. You could probably go harder, but your mind, your mind is gone. And and one thing I like yeah. about working out really hard is there there was a flip for me, right? Like, trust me, when I when I started out on this program. I was 240 pounds. I had zero conditioning. At the end of every workout, I was flat on my back trying to not to puke, right? I felt like shit, <laughs> right? Then the, I'm not joking, dude. I, I was a pile of shit. The next, the next day, I didn't want to go to the gym, but I paid for it, right? So I'm just like, well, if money's involved, yeah. I'm going to go do it. So I went, and it sucked. Like it didn't get easier the next day. It sucked worse the next day and it sucked worse the next day. And it sucked worse. It's it, it sucked for like the first four weeks of the program. And then we start cycling back into workouts that we hadn't done in a while. And I was doing more weight or I was making it through without having to stop and doing all these things. And I, and now I'm starting to see the results. So now my mind is going, you can do this. You can do this. And now I'm to the point after doing it for a whole year where my mind has flipped so much so that I regret not going to the gym, right? It's like, all right, morning, let's go. Let's go get it. And I get to the gym and I'm looking forward to working out. I want to work out. I want to get my heart rate up. I want to, it's going to sound crazy, but I want to feel like shit 
for that one hour while I'm dragging myself through the mud, you know, and some days I do good. Some days I, I don't perform well, but even on the days that I, I don't perform well, I'm, I'm improving my body. I'm improving my, my, you know, cause there's a, there's a time in every workout where you start to say to yourself, you know, this, there's this little voice that just goes, Hey, stop. It's, you know, just take a break. You know, you're, you've worked hard enough. Just take a break, buddy. You're fine. And then there's now there's this other voice that's just telling that voice to shut up, like shut up and sit down. <laughs> like you're a pussy. Yep. You're not going to kill an elk. And I want to kill an elk like really bad. I want to kill a mule deer really, really bad. And I don't want my body to be the reason why I can't get that done. So, you know, I'm not trying to be Cam Haynes. I'm not trying to do all these other things. I found this program that works for me. I found a diet that works for me. Uh, and I, I know what works. I've done it for a year now, like in, intensely. I've focused on my body. I, I, you know, I'm able to read signs. If I'm injured, my knee hurts, my elbow hurts, my wrist hurts, whatever. I'm going to take a day. I'm not going to, I'm not going to not work out, but I'll baby that little area for a while and maybe I won't go as hard on the weights until that heals up or I won't or I'll I'll do a modification workout that doesn't hurt so bad but then as it starts to feel better then I go hard again and I start making those strides and and this past year I know South Dakota is not Colorado but like I said man when when you do all the work, you don't know why you're doing it. Then you get out into the environment that you're actually prepping for and you're going and you're going hard and you're going without questioning yourself. I see that now. And now in the gym, I'm working even harder because I want to go as hard as possible. I don't want to go. It's like, shit, man, maybe I can go that next section section line over looking for meal there. And you know, it, it'll be tiring because it's instead of a two mile hike, it's a three mile hike. That means I got to walk another three miles back to the truck, but damn it, I'm going to do it because like I've learned on some of these hunts that you're, what are you paying for? Like if you're going to pay, pay just to go to the first hill and then turn around and go back, there's another hill and there's another hill and the deer are there too. And the elk are there too. So you got to try to go do it. Because other than that, why are you even buying a tag? You might as well just go there to sightsee. So that's that's the absolutely yeah. So oh, I don't know. I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. Nope. Go. No, you're you're good. I I think uh, I think mental toughness is yeah. like this. Like probably one of the be- one of the biggest byproducts of uh, of working out. Yeah. Um, because it, I mean, these we're talking about doing out of state hunts, and it's it can be it can be mentally exhausting. Yeah. And yeah, when you've done a bunch, when you've put yourself through a bunch of suck, you just you end up becoming mentally tougher. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, you know how we've always kind of talked about like we've had podcasts where we've talked about like hunting boots, and yeah. it's like. Well, how do you know you have good hunting boots? Well, it's like well, I didn't think about my feet once, so that means my boots were doing its job. If you can go over, if you see a hill and you are just or a mountain, and you're just like, yeah, I'm gonna go over that, and I'm, then I'm gonna go over that, and yeah, I gotta go back, but you just do it without really thinking about it. That means your body's working the way that you needed it to work. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I, I completely, completely agree with you that if you're putting in points for a Wyoming hunt. Yeah, you'd be crazy to not get yourself in great shape. Yeah, to go. I mean, you you can't get you can't get those points back if you know if you do get your tag. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Wyoming, I hate to do this to you, but can I get my preference points back? I I, I didn't prepare myself properly for that hunt. <laughs> think that right. think they'd go for right. that? No, no, no. <laughs> so I think I some places you can get like a 90% refund or something like that. If you have like an actual medical reason, but no, because you ate too many chips and drank too much beer. I don't think that qualifies. Yeah. But, uh, no man, as far as like motivation, I can't tell you how many times I've been sucking wind on a stairmaster, And I have thought to myself, like there is a bull bugling over the next, 
over on the other side of that ridge and I have to get up that ridge and back down that ridge. And like, I'm not going to like, this is that moment that I'm training for. Yeah. I'm training for that, that moment that is that last 1% to get in range of that elk. And also I, my hunting partner, he lives out in Montana Yeah. and every weekend he's going on hikes and stuff like that. I'm not going to be the reason he doesn't kill a bull, you know, like you're just not going to allow that to happen. Yeah. And then there's some other places that I think you can pull motivation from. And like, Dan, I saw a photo of you and your family on Facebook the other day, and you've got a pretty darn good looking wife. And <laughs> she probably, she probably deserves to have a good looking husband. Like that's, that's how I look at it. My wife's pretty darn hot. Like, when we're out in public together, like I, I like I'm proud of her. Uh, I mean, I'm proud of her for more reasons than her physical appearance, but like, I think that she should be proud of me. And I, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to like be this fat slob that she's introducing to colleagues and stuff like that. I want her to have a reason to be proud of me. Yeah. And again, she's proud of me for more reasons than my physical appearance, but like, you know, cause there's, you know, obviously I'm not trying to sound, um, I don't know, shallow or anything like that, but like, I don't know. I feel like she deserves a healthy, fit husband. Yeah. Not the opposite. Yeah. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about like facial looks or anything like that. You kind of, whatever you get is what you get, unless you want to pay for whatever <laughs> plastic surgery. Yeah. You can control your, you can control how your body looks. So you can control your health a bit to a, to a certain extent. So, yeah, man, uh, it, it doesn't hurt. I mean, (laughs) it's funny. I was joking around with another buddy of mine whose wife is also in this program and my wife is ripped now (laughs) and, uh, his wife has dropped a lot of weight and is looking good now. And, um, I, I, so that's, that's an additional benefit is, you know, like, I used to be that guy who, like, I still sweat a lot, but, uh, like, just normally I'm a sweater, I guess. But now I feel like I don't feel like this big bloat, this big tub of lard walking around. You know what I mean? Like, I I feel good, and I guess that's that's another another benefit of that. But going back to the mental side of things, man, like this program and just working out. And, you know, like, like they say, releasing those endorphins and, and even eating clean, like eat, I'm eating clean, but I'm hungry. And when you're hungry, man, I'm, I focus much better at work. I focus much better on tasks at hand. And even when I was drawing back, uh, I was drawing back in college, like in, uh, South Dakota on some of these deer that I was trying to shoot, man, it, I just, additional focus even in the whitetail woods this year when I shot my deer from the ground man I was like laser focused on that buck and I think a lot of it had to do with the the, all the prep that went into this you know into this hunt so like the mental like the mental side of things too is just I don't know it's just a huge benefit and I'm just learning that taking care of your body is a good thing and it helps you perform on both physically obviously the physical side of things but the the mental side of things as well and and uh i don't know man i i just i don't see myself like quitting this this thing because i want to go do an alaska hunt i want to go do some high country mule deer hunts that like are really brutal and here i am in my 40s and i want to get these done in the next 10 years and so that means i have to stay in tip top shape for however many years it takes for me to do that and uh i don't know i just uh um a lot of of, of benefits there i'm going to tell you this though even with all those workouts that i do one thing that i've noticed there is no there is no replacement for a two three hour long hike and i know a lot of people can't dedicate that much time to going and hiking with weight on their pack but i feel it's necessary um that especially if you're going to be walking around for multiple hours a day with, you know, a 40, 50, 60 pound pack, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. And then 
I would say once a month in the summertime, I do something called a death hike where I grab my trekking poles. I put a hundred pounds on my pack and I walk this three mile loop and it's three or four. I can't remember. I think it might be just under four. And by the time I get back to my truck, I'm, I'm dead. It takes me four hours or something like that. Two and a half. I don't know. I don't know. It takes me a long time to do it with a hundred pounds and I have to stop sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but nothing, you can squat all you want, but nothing replaces that repetitive movement for that much time than the actual thing. So you can go work out all you want for one hour, but it doesn't simulate that two hour, three hour pack out or hike in or whatever. And I was kind of flat. So I got to go find some hills somewhere, and that's that's this circuit that I I, I walk. So, along with that high intensity uh, uh, workout program that I do, you know, a couple times a week, I'm I'm going on weighted pack hikes uh, just to get that you know the, the feel of the pack on the back, so to speak. Yeah, I uh, I'm right there with you. There's uh when you're on these when you're on a spot and stop type hunt, and you don't you don't even need to go as extreme as what you and I have talked about because I've gotten into plenty of elk at like 6,000, 7,000 feet and it's been relatively flat. There's been some deadfall, which deadfall sucks. But if you're on flat ground, it's a little bit, it's, it doesn't suck as bad. Um, but yeah, if you're going to work out for an hour, a few times a week or you know, call it an hour and a half or two hours, a couple times a week, that's great. But you're, when you're when you're on a spot and stock hunt, you're pulling energy from your body for for 12 hours out of the day, or yeah. or maybe maybe I guess maybe a minimum of six hours per day. Call it three hours in the morning and three hours in the evening, if you're just if you're just chilling in the afternoon because elk aren't talking or I don't know you're waiting for mule deer to bed or whatever your situation and hunt is. You know I don't know, but it's it, it you're demanding energy from your body over a much longer period of time than what you demand from your body at the gym for right. an hour, hour and a half. Right. Um, so I kind of think about that when I'm getting, when I'm getting into August and I'm thinking about some of these hunts, I'll, I'll actually like, I try to train in a sense where if I do a big weighted hike or I do something that really makes my legs sore, um, typically you can be sore for like two or three days, depending on how hard you hit it. Well, unfortunately you're going to have to work out again on that, on that part of your body. That's sort of basically your legs. So yep. say you nuke your legs on a Monday, opposed to waiting till Thursday or Friday to work out, do a lower body workout again. You really need to do it again on at, by Wednesday, because when you're on these multi-day hunts, like it doesn't matter how hard you train, you still are going to wake up sore. Yeah. And then you have to put miles on your that sore part of your body. So you might as well train that way as well. I know I don't recommend training that way for an extended period of time because you're just going to do damage to like your ligaments and your tendons and stuff like that, which I can speak to that because I've dealt with tendonitis in my upper body from overuse and overworking out and stuff like that. But um, I haven't really I have not had any problems with lower body and. I just try to definitely like train for what you're going to do. Don't be afraid to stretch and stuff like that. I mean, you can get into nutrition and you can eat clean and you can take it a step further and you can even think about foods that are like natural anti-inflammatory type foods. Like it's a whole nother step to the equation. Um, cause like your sugars and booze and stuff like that, that's all inflammatory and you can feel it yeah. if you really get, into working out hardcore yep so absolutely absolutely it's a it's a good time it's a good time to have this conversation because it's mid-may and anyone that's going on i mean everyone should know by now if you're i mean you should know by now or in the next couple weeks if they're going on any sort of out of state spot and stocks physically demanding hunt and like you don't have to crush it all summer long but you can lose some weight you can get out there and like I don't know. I think people could take something from this where it's going to make their hunting experience better. Yeah. Even something as simple as, and this is going to sound crazy, but my wife's like, why don't you get a riding lawnmower? I'm just like, no way, dude. I like, 
push push mow your yard. You know what I mean? Like do that. Um, oh yeah. Like go for a walk at night. I do that with you know that, that with a backpack on. Yeah. 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 And because the way I look at it is every pound that's off me is another pound that I you know if it's off me that means I'm not carrying it right. So my pack potentially could feel lighter. Plus the work that I'm doing in the gym, uh, conditioning my legs, my cardio, it's just going to make me feel lighter and potentially being able to carry more, making my stay in the backcountry more comfortable, right? I'm not, like I said, I'm not an ounce counter. So I'm not the guy who's like, I'm bringing 34 pounds and one ounce into the backcountry for 25 days. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not, I'm bringing, right. I'm bringing 70 pounds. I'm staying four or five days and I'm going to be comfortable. I got a battery charger for my phone. I got, you know, extra water. I got all these, you know, stuff that I probably don't need, but it helps me be a little bit more comfortable. And if I want to carry that in, I know that I, I can, I can get it in and I can, I can get it out. So, um, you know, yeah. pound off me is, is better. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to think of, uh, turn your, turn your, if you have a desk job, don't sit. I turn my desk into a standing desk and that, idea. that helps a lot. Just, in, just, just in, I mean, you want to talk about a hunting trip. You're probably going to be on your feet eight hours a day. Yeah. You might as well do it while you're at work if you got a desk job. Yeah. And where so, like where are your, and new, I don't, where I don't your have new boots? Like, I don't have like a Yeah. Yep. That is another thing. Like starting in August, I I wear my hiking boots to work every single day. Yeah. Break them in. So just so I'm just so my feet are used to being in them all day long. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, Bob, uh this is a good place to end this podcast, but I think there's some more conversations that we need to have. Um later on in this summer about those kind of topics like breaking you know breaking your boots in maybe we talk a little gear maybe we talk uh um some other you know some other things that we can do for preparing for the hunt maybe uh even like how to budget for the upcoming hunts and stuff like that so let's uh let's uh put the the rest of the conversation on hold bob i really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on again and uh, we'll definitely have you on again to uh finish this uh this this conversation all right thanks a lot thanks for having me dan and there you have it everybody hopefully it didn't come off like i was preaching to you today it's just that uh this eating like eating healthy and i don't eat healthy all the time trust me i still sneak in the blizzards i still i still eat my sweets my nachos it's just not as much anymore. The booze, I don't drink as much anymore. I I really focus on during the week on trying to eat as healthy as possible and bust my ass in the gym. And I know that and I I know that when I hit the mountain or hit the field, I'm gonna be better off for all of that. And to be it's kind of crazy, but when I'm busting my ass in the gym, I am thinking about mule deer. I'm thinking about elk whitetails packing in a tree stand like getting sweaty and gross and all that stuff so uh, I really appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to listen to these episodes man um, huge shout out to all of you you know it's if it wasn't for you guys this this whole network wouldn't even be happening so thank you for that huge shout out to Ozonix Wasp Lone Wolf and uh, Ozonix wasp lone wolf and of course vortex optics please go out and support the companies that support this podcast and the network and uh, stay tuned for more episodes of the iowa hunt fish podcast as well as the hunting gear podcast a lot of great content coming down those pipes other than that thank you very much good vibes in good vibes out and we'll talk to you next time